Welcome to Built on Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. Each episode, we will talk with someone active in the Airtable community to discuss their experiences and showcase an interesting way they've used Airtable in their work. We want to thank our sponsor, OpenSide. OpenSide's newest product, Onto Air Forms, is the Airtable form solution that you've been looking for. Visit OpenSide.com to see how you can take your Airtable workflow to the next level. For a limited time, get Onto Air Forms free when you purchase the Onto Air Action Savvier connector. Finally, visit BuiltOnAir.com to sign up for the Built On Air mailing list where you can get weekly updates on the new podcast episodes and other fun Airtable news. This week, we welcome Nat Eliason, the founder of Growth Machine. Nat was a blogger, app developer, and digital nomad for years before creating his current company. Now he uses Airtable internally to help businesses master their content strategy and develop on any subject or market segment. Nat will share his personal CRM he built to keep track of contacts in his circle and how he uses it to stay in touch with his contacts. Hey, Nat, welcome to Built on Air. Thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Thanks, Zoe. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to learn a little more about you. Um, you kind of you have a great blog online, which we'll link in the show notes um, that covers a kind of wide variety of your interests. Um, but why don't you kind of just start telling us about the the story of you and and what you do? Yeah. So by day, my main thing now is I'm the founder of Growth Machine, which is a content marketing and SEO agency. But that actually grew out of my blog. I started that almost five years ago now, just sort of as a, a side project, a fun thing to start learning about content marketing and SEO. And then as that got more popular, some companies saw what I was doing with SEO and content, reached out, asked me to help them. And then the agency really grew out of that. So I kind of like, you know, have have still the personal side. It's become less of a focus as I've been working on the agency, but I still get to do a lot of fun things with it, like the article that inspired this conversation. Awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you started Growth Machine. You had, you know, fun blog on the side. Uh, what what were you doing full time at the time to, you know, make money and exist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, it's kind of a funny story. This is how I learned a lot of the SEO and content stuff uh, for, I basically around like fall of 2015, I wrote a short series of articles on my blog about improving sex for men. And those ended up taking over a lot of the top spots on Google for things like last longer in bed, kegel exercises for men, all of those topics. And went from maybe like less than a thousand visitors a day to anywhere from 10 to 20,000 visitors a day, depending on the day of the week. And I ended up taking that traffic and I I kind of noticed that the, the thing most people were doing from reading those articles was going to the Apple app store and downloading a Kegel app to like implement some of this stuff in the article. And decided like, well, why don't I just make my own app instead of sending traffic to somebody else's? So I got it built with an app developer, put it up in the app store, featured it in all the articles. And then that whole funnel from organic traffic to app sales generated enough revenue for me to just sort of do the passive income digital nomad thing for a year and a half and just travel around. 
So nice. That was <laughs> that was that how a lot of that probably one of yeah started. one of the most unique origin stories I've ever heard. You're like, yeah, I wrote Thank this you. article about Kegel exercises, and here I am. Um, here I am. So, so in your sort of digital nomad time, where did you um, hit sort of all the the usual like international nomad hotspots? Did you stay in the U.S.? What was that time like? Yeah, I didn't hit a lot of the normal ones. I did. I was living in Austin before, and then I left. I did Paris for a month, did New York for a month, did Argentina for four months, did San Francisco for five months, uh, a couple other little trips in there, did New York for, or actually, and then before going back to New York, did about two weeks all over Asia. And oh, then cool. it was when I, it was kind of after that. And after doing the nomad thing for a year, year and a half, that I was over it and said, okay, I want to just be somewhere. So did New York for a year and then ended up moving back to Austin. Nice. Yeah, I've heard the digital nomad lifestyle. It's like really fun for a few months and then you realize it, it is really transient. It's kind of hard to like find that, you know, kind of core community when people are always kind of like, you know, moving in and out of that space. Yeah, it builds very shallow friendships. And it's really hard to be both working and traveling. You know, you can be doing good work or you can be really enjoying a place and traveling, but doing both at the same time kind of makes you suck at both of them. And so it was really just a realization that, okay, I want to have a home base. I want to, you know, have a nice like desk. I want to have this like microphone arm thing that, you know, I can't be fitting in my mineral backpack and actually be productive. And then when I want to travel, actually travel. So right, it was it's a good like, realization. Yeah. That saying that's like, don't half-ass two things, whole ass one thing. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can understand how it's, you know, vacation, right? There's that excitement and like anticipation looking, you know, looking forward to getting a break from real life. But for you, it's like there, you know, real life was a vacation and vacation is real life. So they're both a little bit more diluted down. Um, and yeah, so, so after you kind of decided, Hey, you know, I've done my, my round of the world, I'm ready to settle. Did you, um, did you come back with the idea for growth machine in mind, or did it kind of take you a little bit to, to determine to start your own company? Not exactly. I, had been blogging about marketing related stuff for a while. So I had a little bit of an internet audience in the marketing world and a few companies reached out around the same time to ask me to help them set up their content marketing and SEO stuff in-house. And I did three of those projects when I was living in San Francisco and they honestly didn't go that well. One went super well, the other two they sort of fell apart as soon as I stepped out. And I felt kind of bad about that and realized the big issue was that they didn't have the people in-house to continue implementing the stuff after I stepped out of the system. And that was where the idea for doing the agency came from, where I said, okay, instead of me going in and trying to get them to change their internal processes to accommodate this work, I should just do all of the work for them where they can pay for it like a monthly subscription, like they pay for anything else. And then they're just getting good SEO focused content on their blog every month. They don't have to worry about it. And you know that was the inception for the agency. And that just got way stronger response and interest than doing the consulting work. And so 
that started fall of September 2017. So now it's been about a year and a half and we're a team of seven and kind of working on like 15 odd sites now. And it's uh, been growing really quickly, which has been pretty exciting. Awesome. What is your typical day like uh, at Growth Machine? Right now, it's a lot of hiring. (laughs) We kind of hit capacity in every area of the company at the same time. And so we're trying to hire a sales rep, a new project manager, a new editor, possibly a executive assistant type role. And so most of my day now is going through candidates and doing interviews. I had an interview right before this. I've got another one later today. Uh, And then aside from that, it's a lot of sales. So I still do all of the sales for the agency. So I'm on the phone with people who are interested in working with us uh, all week and figuring out who's a good fit and not, and then helping get them into the system. So that's where most of my time goes now. Um, Not nearly as much time spent on the actual content marketing side of things anymore. It's actually, it's kind of cool hiring because you find people who are better than you at the things that you thought you were good at, and then they just take it over and run with it. And it's better than it was before. So that right. whole yeah. growth has been a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Hiring for your weaknesses, sort of. Or, or your strengths and just or find people strength. who are even better at them. Yeah. So uh, sort of this, this switch, right, from you sort of being in the trenches, right, and doing all of the marketing to being more of, you know, owner, manager, right, long-term visioning. Was it hard to kind of get used to that adjustment or are you happy to kind of leave the, the nitty-gritty behind? I kind of like it because I get bored really easily. And I think that being the founder of a company that's growing, it's sort of your job to just rapidly solve puzzles. And that's super exciting to me. If I'm doing if I'm doing the exact same thing for three to six months straight, that's probably a sign that either the company isn't growing anymore and that needs to be addressed or that I'm not hiring or systematizing something that I should be to enable the company to grow more. And that's been really fun because I I pretty much know what's going to work with SEO and content stuff now. It's not honestly that complicated of a thing to do. Doing it requires a lot of uh, attention to detail and scheduling and systematizing and all of that. But the the challenge it's not that much of a puzzle whereas figuring out how to like grow the company and build the right team and where to expand capacity and all of that stuff like that's super interesting to me and so it's been fun getting to learn more about that and focus my energy there yeah zoom out see the bigger picture a little bit more um yeah. So you talked a lot about instead of, you know, besides just hiring, also kind of, you know, systematizing, getting your internal operations in place. So uh, what kind of, I'm sure Airtable's on the list, but what kind of apps or processes do you use to kind of help streamline your internal workflow? Yeah, for the agency, it's a lot of Asana and Zapier and Notion. And now we're using Airtable as well for, uh, we have sort of like a, in, we have a, a little skunkworks company within the company where we do writer matchmaking uh, because we need, we need tons of writers for what we do because for each client, we need to have a subject matter expert or two or three who can write about their area. And 
where, whereas a lot of content marketing agencies have staff writers who can sort of spin articles about any area, we try to go find people who have actually written about that area on big publications and put them on your blog just so that we get actually, you know, good content. But that means we have to have a ton of writers. So we have a database now of 2000 odd writers and who all do freelance work in different areas. And we were doing it in Google Sheets, but now we're rebuilding the entire process in Airtable just because it'll make it so much easier for us to filter and find the right writers for each job uh, for our clients. And then when people hire or when people pay for the writer finder service, then it makes it much easier for us to find the right writers for their work as well. Did you always kind of start with that vision in mind to, you know, find people who are super specialized and deliver that, you know, non-staff writer type of experience? Or did that just sort of evolve as you guys continued to, you know, get better and, and grow? No, it just evolved because we, it's, you know, we started with the typical thing most agencies do, which is have staff writers. And we had a few clients in the beginning, you know, where it went totally fine because the writers knew those areas or they were easy enough to research and learn about. And then we had other, we had a few clients early on who ended up firing us because we just weren't making good articles. And so we said, okay, you know, we need to be able to find good writers quickly for each project as soon as it starts. And so we just put up a hiring call for writers saying like, hey, we're looking for, you know, freelance writers from literally any area under the sun uh, in any price range. Just send us your info and we'll let you know when we have a project for you. And we put that up a bit over a year ago now and just have left it open, put it on a number of the job boards. And yeah, I think it's just shy of 2000 writers now. So it's an incredible resource for finding the right people for each project. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And not having that fear that like, oh man, this is like a really weird subject. Like, do I just have to do a bunch of Googling to pretend like I know? You can just farm it out yeah. with someone else um, who really can just deliver that quality. Uh, so beyond um, sort of using Airtable for this, you know, kind of matchmaking database that you're building, um, you also use it personally, right? And that's kind of what you're going to show us today. You have a bit of a personal CRM that you track in Airtable. So uh, I guess tell us a little bit about before we kind of get in and dig in and you share your screen, how did you even find Airtable and, and why did you kind of decide it was the right fit for your own, you know, personal things? That's a good question. I think I found it on the recommendation of a friend, Catherine Lavery, who runs bestself.co. I know she uses it for a lot of her business stuff and I'd seen her tweeting about it and decided to to give it a try. And around the same time, I read an article by my friend Kay, um, Kay, he's at radreads.com. Yeah, we had him on the show, um, yeah, a few episodes ago, I think. He's, he's okay, great. Cool. And he, he had written an article about building a personal CRM and the benefits of it. And I think in his example, he did it in Google Sheets, um, although he's since also rebuilt his in Airtable, I believe. And I was reading that and I thought like, oh, well, I've always kind of meant to do this. And I had a rough one in Evernote, but very poorly organized and just kind of decided it'd be a fun project. And so I started putting it together uh, using Airtable and was like, wow, this is super useful uh, for a few specific things that, you know, we can come back to, but I uh, started putting more time and energy into it and really liked it. And then wrote the article about 
building the personal CRM in Airtable. And that article did super, super well. People really liked it. So it seemed like there was definitely a lot of interest. If anyone needs Airtable credits, I don't know if I can transfer them, but I've got way too many now than I'll ever use. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So, and it's just been fun finding other cool uses for it uh, like that since then. Cool. Um, Well, I guess without further ado, go ahead and share your screen and we'll get um, a little walkthrough from you on how you built your CRM. Basically, uh, this is how I've got it set up. There's a couple hidden fields here for last name and email that we're going to hide for obvious reasons. But whenever I meet or talk to someone new, I basically try to hop in here and add all of their info. So few, you know, main companies will use my friend, uh, Neil here as an example. So first name, last name, email, and then industry is really like where they work or the main thing that they're doing their work in. And so these are all, uh, tags, multiple choice tags, We've got like writing, finance, crypto, health, politics, social media, sales, right? Um, and this just makes it really easy for me to find people in the future who work in a certain area. So to give you an example, uh, I'm hiring for a sales rep for the first time right now. And I've never hired for a sales rep before, so I had no idea what I was doing. So I just was able to go in here and filter for everyone who works in sales And then I basically emailed most of these people and just started asking them for advice on doing a good, you know, designing a hiring process for sales, uh, questions to ask, how to do compensation, all of those things. And, you know, that made it really easy for me to design the process for an area I'd never hired for before. Um, So then next is like interests. So basically anything we've ever talked about that I know they're interested in. And this is useful in a similar way where if I need to reach out and ask questions about something, especially anything that most of my friends are not interested in, like you'll notice there's a lot of entrepreneurship, right? It's like maybe 80% of the people have some entrepreneurship interest because that's just where my friends tend to gravitate around. But then there's other things like poker, right? Or uh, finance, venture capital, uh, education would be another one, real estate, Right. So for, for a while at the beginning of this year, I was thinking of um, buying like my first investment property for real estate. So I could just hop in here, select all the real estate people, and then reach out to them to ask any questions about, you know, valuing properties, whether it makes sense, valuating markets, all of that. Uh, next is location, right? So just where they're based. And this is useful for pretty obvious reasons. I was in New York last week, so I just took my location filter um, did it for New York and then went through here and picked a number of people who were in New York that I wanted to try to get together with and sent them text messages. And I didn't have a ton of time in New York. So I said, okay, well, I was literally like landing in the airport and then meeting someone three hours later. And so I designed a little path through Brooklyn and Manhattan to meet up with a few of these people on the way to where I had to be in Manhattan a few hours later. So it's really useful for, for fun stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then company, this one's, you know, less important. I haven't used it as much. It's more useful on people who I don't talk to as much, right. Or who, you know, I maybe haven't heard from in a while if I just need to get refreshed on where they work. Cause like for context, I don't have Facebook, so I don't, you know, have that database for, tracking a lot of this information. I have LinkedIn, but I don't like to use LinkedIn either. 
So it's just nice to hold on to this. And then the, the how we met is super useful because it gives me like a really good trigger for how I know someone. If I'm going through here and I can't remember uh, the context of like how I know who this person is. So these are just like really, really useful ways to remember how I know someone if I need to like reach out to them or if they reach out to me and I'm not sure what our connection is anymore. Uh, or if I just have any other notes, right? Like, you know, this person, the first time, you know, we were internet friends for a while, but the first time we met up in person was at this event called the cookie off, right? That's just like a good thing to hold on to. Cause I probably forget that otherwise. Uh, or this was like my old podcast that I don't have anymore. Nat chat. Right. So they were a guest on that. Uh, you know, this guy really likes fiction, started a company importing car parts, all of that. So yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, and then basically whenever I, you know, meet up with someone new for the first time, I just hop down here and add a new line for them, um, with their info. And then if I hang out with somebody again and something new comes up that I didn't know, usually that I didn't know was an interest for them, I'll go back and, and add it in so that I've got, uh, that info in there for the future. So how do you kind of, uh, remember or work into your, you know, you're out somewhere, you chat with some people, do you use the Airtable app on your phone to kind of update? Or is it just whenever you're kind of back at home base, you, you know, update as you go? If I remember to, yeah, I'll do it on my phone after I leave. Uh, I probably forget 75% of the time. So I'll end up doing it later when I get back home. Yeah, no, this is great. It's actually kind of amazing based on how completely simple it is, like how much more useful it is, right? Than just like any sort of typical CRM, you know, software that you might come across. Because like you said, company, right? Or, or whatever, like, isn't necessarily all that important. It's those like personal things like, oh, they have previous experience in this industry or, you know, they're into, you know, poker, right? Like I want to learn poker or, you know, those types of things that you could really only track if you had, you know, the customization abilities to kind of build it out yourself. Um, yeah, I yeah, love how I, I like tried, you tried another app. Well, I tried a bunch of uh -huh. software that was built to be a CRM, like even for a personal CRM. And none of it honestly felt that intuitive or useful. Uh, in most cases, they were too heavy. There was just too much going on for it to be something quick and lightweight. And I found that the more steps I had to go through to use it, the less likely I was to use it. And this has the big benefit of being super simple and easy to go in and update and refer back to. And I think that's why this one has stuck, unlike uh, other CRM solutions. Right. Yeah. It's a bit of a Goldilocks in between, you know, not being detailed enough and then, you know, you having to like be prompted to update every conversation you have with that human or whatever. Tell us a little bit more about uh, where our listeners can go to check out your work, check out Growth Machine, um, and learn more about you. Yeah. So if you're interested in the content marketing SEO side, Growth Machine is just growthmachine.com. I've uh, got a number of blog articles and resources there. And if you're more interested in the productivity everything related to the CRM and whatnot. Uh, that's in my personal blog, which is just nataliason.com. So N-A-T-E-L-I-A-S-O-N.com. Uh, and I'm at nataliason on Twitter too, if you want to reach out there. That's the only social media I have left really and where I'm most responsive. So 
uh, you can definitely reach out to me there. Awesome. Yeah. Got to pare down that social media, like distractions for sure. Cool. I well, just don't trust Facebook very much too. Uh, so. Yeah. I understand that. Right. Um, <laughs> they already got enough of your data when you, if you used to have well, a profile. Yeah. So, okay, cool. We'll link um, all of that stuff in the show notes so our users can check out um, your your Airtable stuff, growth machine stuff, and all of the other little bits and pieces you have on your blog. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us and give us a little bit of an overview about Nat and Growth Machine and um, you know Goldilocks super simple CRMs. And good luck with uh, all of your hiring that you're doing. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, this is fun. We'll talk more soon. See you next.